unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian motocross race review featuring Ryan the Newf Lockhart and Ryan Gold with your host, Ken Ken. Welcome, everybody, to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. Uh, my name is Ken, Ken Catton. As usual, we have the uh, two motocross personalities that uh, everybody kind of knows and loves and probably the reason why you're here. Some big news, again, on the podcast front. We got a new sponsor. Um, this one is one that I'm super excited about because I'm stuck here in Saskatchewan. There's still snow. Uh, <laughs> there's not much going on. I'm still just finishing out my last contract at work. I'm getting ready to get into the garage and get all the bikes all ready to go and uh, we got an awesome sponsor, and it's a uh, a gear sponsor, which is something we've been looking for for a long time. Uh, so we have the boys at uh, Callus Moto coming on. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked to that. Actually, it was Noof that uh, kind of was able to put this one together, which is kind of a surprise because I feel like there's been bad blood since 2005, St. Julie, when Noof ruined Mitch Cook's championship run. Um, Mitch Cook is the owner of Callus Moto. I'm just busting noose balls right now. I figured he'd laugh, he'd laugh at that, but he didn't even laugh. No, I'm not laughing. That's a subject. <laughs> touchy, touchy subject from nearly 20, 20 years ago. But hey, yeah. Um, hey, has Mitch, Mitch might have forgot about that. Has he sent the money yet? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Actually, we'll get on that one. We've got to work on the, get the invoice out. But yeah, Callus Moto reached out to Noof, and it's awesome. And part of the deal, Ken, is, uh, or should yeah. we call you Ken Ken? Because you just started by saying your name is Ken Ken Catton. So is that your middle name, Ken? No, no, just oh, Ken Catton. Just made, just made yeah. a mistake there. Okay, yeah. so Ken, Ken Catton is now going to be <laughs> branded in Callus Moto top to bottom. And yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty excited about that and awesome for Noof to kind of put that together with Mitch. I think Mitch, Mitch just reached out. And so CallusMoto.com, a Canadian brand focused on the ride, fueled by the passion, and 100% of the proceeds go directly back into the sport. Noof, uh, that's a pretty cool tagline. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Mitch and Tyler and the and the boys over there in the Maritimes have been been working hard at this and seeing more and more of it out there, out there at the tracks and stuff. And I mean, if you if you follow Mitch on Instagram, there's no question that his stuff looks good. I mean, he's uh, arguably as uh, stylish uh, and fashionable as he was uh, back in the back in the old days. So stuff looks good. It it kind of reminds me like a little bit of that like canvas custom looking yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, a lot of neat stuff, and uh, and obviously Ken Ken Catton will be the <laughs> will be will be the uh, the star of the show whenever the snow leaves in uh, in uh, Saskatchewan. I forgot where he lives. <laughs> Saskatoon ish somewhere. Well, they don't there. have a time zone and stuff like that, right? <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. So yeah. Um, and then of course everybody, the rest of them. Big shout out to KTM Canada Competition Aggressive. Husqvarna Canada, Sophistication, Serious and Personal, and Gas Gas Canada, Community Shared Fun of Riding. Of course, Gas Gas just took their first uh, Supercross win on the weekend with uh, Justin Barsha in the horrendousness that was Supercross. Uh, of course, the good old boys over at Race Tech Suspension. Uh, Race Tech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company with over 35 years of providing factory-level suspension to every rider. All Race Tech products are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. And a big shout out to Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension, a Race Tech um, uh, spot here in uh, or out in Alberta. They get your Race Tech set up from. Make sure you hit him up. CGR Suspension 
on Instagram and he can dial you in. Coach Bristol Coachworks, big shout out to those guys. Custom Moto Van builds right here in Canada. Whatever you need, custom made, they can do it. They have built a Hubert Monster Energy Kawasaki rig back in the day, which was a full sprinter. The McNabs uh, GDR rig, uh, the GR Lounge in their rig. They can do a little bit of everything. RV repairs and refurbishment, full upholstery division to do boat and vehicle interiors, and a 55-foot long paint booth to paint commercial trucks and vehicles. So follow on Instagram at YouTube. Uh, at Bristol Coachworks. And uh, big shout out to those guys. Thank you so much for them jumping on board. And thanks to Callis for jumping on. And uh, we're going to get into the show. Not a ton of info out there. It's been pretty quiet, boys. Um, I've done a little yeah. bit of digging here, but I think the biggest news, I guess, Noof, is both you and I opened up our race series, one on the other end of the country and one here in Ontario. Um, I'll kick it off to you, buddy. I mean, it, from Instagrams and when we saw that picture that you just posted today, it, it looked a little soggy it, uh, on the Sunday of your event. Well, springtime here in BC has been absolutely garbage. Um, we had to cancel our technically quote-unquote first round, which was supposed to be two weeks ago in mission because of monsoon rain, 150 mils. Um, so that was out of the question. So we canceled that. The boys on Vancouver Island had to cancel their first round. I saw that, yeah, that's right. Which yeah. was the following weekend, which was a bit ironic because when we canceled – our race, uh, of course, the keyboard warriors were full effect saying that, um, and it was all people from the island saying that they race in snow, sleet, uh, hurricanes, <laughs> everything like that. And then oh, sure, no sure, way. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, sure as shit, the following weekend, they canceled their race at Port Alberni um, because the, the weather, I mean, it just hasn't stopped raining. Um, so... Luckily, we the weather was looking good for this weekend up in Kelowna for, for our round two, but round one, I guess. And um, it was dry, uh, windy, cold, like the, the worst conditions as far as prep and tracks, but it still turned out pretty good on the Saturday, so we run a two-day format. And then um, our day was delayed on Saturday because we kept having to water and water, and it was windy, and uh, just was kind of one of those things. And so the boys... <laughs> put the water to it on Saturday night and then somewhere in the middle of the night, the weather forecast changed and it fucking pissed rain from two in the morning until noon, um, until noon. And, uh, it was a complete mud bath. So we went from one extreme to the other, which was a great way to start off uh, the first round. We got to see the best of the best in all conditions. And your KTM also has a boat motor. It looks like. Well, it uh, it needs a little bit of love right now. So, <laughs> so um, do you, okay. That picture looks like it's from like a like a deer stand camera or something. Or was there an actually cameraman there? Because it looks like it's like a GoPro over top of you. I, somebody sent it to Randy. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Blake Davies' mom. Like, if you had seen the spot where I actually crashed, like, so the track is is down a little bit in a gully. So there was like. I mean, I, I'll exaggerate here a little bit. A hundred people standing on the bank because it's kind of where the pits are. And literally, I slid 75 feet in the mud. And fucking, that was me sitting there. And I sat there for about 10 seconds and people just staring at me like, <laughs> I, I'm, like I'm known as the guy, Galdine, the same as you. We don't knock on wood. We don't crash very often anymore, right? Like, that's kind of... We ride within our means and stuff like that. So people were just like, one, they couldn't believe I was out there in those kind of conditions, but I didn't want to be the soft guy and trying to make a, you know, a 
other kids are, you know, kind of complaining. My kids like cancel the race. It's too muddy. And I'm like, no, fuck no. We're going racing. This is motocross. Um, and sure shit, it bit me in the ass. And, uh, I fucking got muddy, man. I don't remember the last time I was that drenched, um, from top to bottom, knee braces, chest protector, everything. Like everything's fucked. It's all in a garbage bag sitting in my garage. And <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Ken, is it is it mad of us that we you know laugh at Noof's misery? You know the gas can incident, running out of fuel. Now the crash. I, I mean, I'm sure there'll be more. And actually, Noof, remember, I have another photo of that crash you had at Walton a couple of years back. I know. Uh, no, so maybe we'll get that posted up there. Ken, it's okay to laugh at our friend this way, isn't it? Yeah, that's all we have going on right now. So it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm staring at the fucking snow. I'm laughing at this. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know what's been going on this year. I've been off to a bit of a rough start, man. My KTM debut has not been going the way that uh, I, I've been hitting the ground quite a bit. I crashed at the Big Kahuna. Um, I crashed out this weekend. Um, I don't know what's going on with me. Well, one of these questions, uh, we can just throw this one now since we're talking about it. When is Noof going to return home to Team Green so he can actually stay on the bike and take home a whole whack of wins? <laughs> and I, I, I text or tweeted back at him. I said, oh, he's Orange Brigade. He's just waiting for his Red Bull helmet. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. And then he said, going after the bag instead of results. I'm disappointed. This is Jets, Jets broken rib. That's who yeah. this person is on Twitter there. So, um, well, to answer well, to answer his <laughs> to answer his question, going back to Team Green isn't going to give me a whole bunch of wins. Those days are over. Um, but uh, the crashing part, I don't know. I think I'm pushing it a little bit too hard. Yeah, well, you're underpowered now a little bit with that 350. I'm not underpowered. Man. Starts, <laughs> starts were phenomenal this weekend. Oh, really? Like that photo there, me on the ground is was leading the pro am moto. Um, so yeah, I was. You tossed like, it away in the lead. I had just gotten past, like literally one corner before, I just gotten past. So I was second. Um, yeah, you were I trying think, to do uh, the RJ Hampshire last turn against Jet Lawrence. <laughs> last, last turn, but still a long ways to go in the moment. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Anyways, all good. Uh, so rating of, of your event, so let's give it like a, I don't know, I'll do mine too, like an out of a 10, you know, first one's always a bit of jittery, a few little things. And I, I was telling you, I had some computer issues on my end and, uh, out of 10, what do you rate your first round? Um, well, the, the racing side, everything was great. I mean, the turnout was good. 470 entries, which is probably about 50 more than I had thought. I thought we'd be around the four or 15, 420 ish mark. Um, I would rate, if I was just going to base rate it, I'd give it about a 7 out of 10. Um, we had some parking issues. I mean, we're just, the, the bottom line is, is that every year people's rigs get bigger and bigger. <laughs> so yeah. These facilities are becoming, it's, it, you know, and it's, it's, I mean, the facilities that we're going to, they only have so much land. So it's not like, it's not like they keep growing, um, in a sense, because it's on crown land or private land or native land or whatever it is so it's becoming tougher but the parking definitely wasn't ideal um as far as the you know on the staff side on on my side you know it takes like anything it takes a round or two to kind of get back into the flow yeah we've been doing it for years but you know you're kind of testing out new equipment or the old equipment like you had said your battery blew up on your computer the morning of and just like little things like that but yeah seven out of ten and the first race, especially for us, all the year, 
you know, obviously you're used to consistently big numbers out there in Ontario. I mean, for us, 470 is, it, it's a bit overwhelming as far as, you know, getting through practice and getting, you know, the motos going. And I had a little issue that I called you about with the, with the 250 junior class and yeah. everything like that. So yeah, seven out of 10, I would give it. Um, but as far as the actual racing goes, it was great. You know, the classes were full of good battles all the way through and uh, one ambulance ride, which, you know, was unfortunate, but um, yeah, there was some pretty big crashes. If anybody follow, and you guys probably never saw it because you don't follow him, but uh, Owen McKill, the off-road guy um, that raced with T-Dags there at the Big Kahuna, go check out his Instagram crash from the first Pro-Am moto. It is fucking nasty, but he walked <laughs> away from it. So um, big over the bars thing, but yeah, overall good. How about yours? Uh, pretty much the same. Um, our Saturday started, although actually I guess maybe backwards. Your were dry Saturday and, and it was the opposite of mine. Saturday, Friday night, Saturday morning, just absolutely teeming down rain. And of course, go for dunes for anybody that knows it is deep, deep sand. So it can soak up a lot of water, but it got more than it said. And it just did not stop till about two in the afternoon on the Saturday. So how we run it sort of like yourself we're in practice in the morning. It was pretty ugly. Still a lot of people ended up going out, which I was surprised. Um, I was kind of surprised how many people go out. I had to shift some 50 stuff around because my 50s are on Saturday. So we made some adjustments and then banged out 40 motos on Sunday uh, with the 50s included in there. Good motos, good track. Frank at Gopher Dunes there did an amazing job stepping in and, and running the dozer in between little practices. Uh, like I said, I had one little computer issue that luckily I've bought extras now because we're going to be doing the ECAN uh, scoring. So I had extras. So I was able to fix all that up in the trailer and it's kind of funny like as a kid i remember sitting on the pro start line and i'm like yeah i'm gonna race fucking pro and i'm gonna be a pro racer and i'm gonna win money and i'm gonna get girls and now i'm a fucking computer tech for christ's sakes yeah. <laughs> like like i'm in there and i'm just okay okay remember this okay this was here and i remember watching these guys doing uh when they could take over a computer and i'm watching them doing it when they're helping me and then i'm like okay and i got no internet there's no phone signal to dudes it might as well you might as well just live back in you know, the 1800s, there's no such thing as any signal. Yeah. So I'm just taking, taking it away. And I'm, um, and anyway, I got it all figured out. So I was pretty pumped, made it work. And we had probably one of the cleanest, most, uh, smoothest run days on Sunday. So it was a bonus. I got to give myself a, not myself, more of my team, because I basically kind of cater to them. Like I've got a great staff now. And, uh, so that they, like I run over, I do the tykes and I help, bring out lunch or I relieve, I go out and I relieve flaggers if they needed a bathroom break or, um, and then I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm on the radio down at the start gate. Anything help. So I'm kind of just floating around, but the boys, uh, in the trailer or the boys on the track and the girls in the trailer just did a magnificent job. And so I'd say eight out of 10 and, um, the track was good. The weather, it was cold on Sunday, but pretty pumped. We had six, uh, I think it was six twenty at the end of it, end of, uh, end of it all said and done. For entries, so a little bit down from last year, but the weather kind of deterred people. I'm, I'm betting, you know, everybody's a little more fair weather nowadays compared to back in our day. Newfund, you just rode no matter what. I mean, I don't think I would have raced on Sunday if I was in your shoes. No, but I didn't. I was planning to race on my Sunday, but I just was like, during the 50 motos, the track was so rutted and, and deep. Man, I was picking up kids and I was kicking 50s and 60s and 80s. I was at like almost 200% on my watch by 9:30 in the morning. Yeah, I was wow. my body was shutting down. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I was cold and wet 
And uh, so it was, but it was a good day. It was a great kickoff again. And like you said, new for kind of used to the numbers. So we got a good system here and, and uh, we banged it out. Like I said, if it was, if it was Walton, I would have had to cancel. Um, I wouldn't even been all the go and, but uh, it was gopher. So we pulled it off and we're going racing. We're into the thick of it now. And I'm pretty pumped about it. I was at a great pro turnout. So we can, we can probably jump into that because uh, we got to see, I got to see some pretty good uh, pro names at my races or at, at the, my race. And um, it was awesome. I'm pretty jacked. I give it, I give it an eight out of 10 and I, I place, I put the, the brunt of the weight of the good show on my staff, man. They killed it. Flaggers were right there in the cold. They stayed all day and it was good. Pretty pumped for sure. And I'm, Ken's probably just salivating right now to go to a dirt bike track, and he's yeah. probably watching a fucking polar bear eating a peanut <laughs> no, butter sandwich in front of him. <laughs> there's, a, there's a little bit of snow left, but it, like the track that I ride at is a sand track uh, just south of Saskatoon, and it's kind of just hilly. So just at the bottom of hills, there's a little bit of snow, but it, I bet you it'll be up and running in a week and a half or there you go um i did uh uh, galdi i did so you know i think there's no question on anybody that listens to this you know you like to shit on me a little bit here and there and whatnot so i have a a a name will go un uh unsaid but i do have a spy in ontario that keeps a close eye on you that sent me an interesting video of some sort of uh 50 mechanical issue that you were dealing with on the weekend of jerking the wheel back and forth. Can you, Oh, what was going on there? Well, I, I don't know if you've had it. Well, actually, no, you saw it happen to my son's bike. at go for a couple years ago. The, I don't know if they get so full of sand. The thing is just law. It just locks up. Really? And I'll tell you, man, you know, those times when, uh, you, where you get these feats of strength, if you're a car is on top of a child or, and you're, li- I was fucking putting everything I had to break this wheel loose boys. And I, I was probably close to having a heart attack. It looked like you were <laughs> like in a sense. I mean, it looked like you were milking a cow or something. You were going back and forth and I don't know. It was, uh, it was interesting, but a spy in there, like like literally someone just videoed me and said, I, I feel important now. I like it. I have a <laughs> so, paparazzi. So, so wait, yeah. that's not shitting on me, Noof. I'm I'm saving lives doing these kinds of things. Well, I think it might have something to do with your mechanical skills that you're putting into the bikes. So, well, next time I shit on you, it's going to be my fist in your teeth for saying that, dick. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I could not get it broke free. Holy fuck, was I tired after that. I could barely lift it on the ATV after we get it off the track. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, you know, it's funny that happened to 15 other kids and I was able to, I'm not just like literally man started just oh, full Hulk, Hulk mode trying to get these kids bikes loose, but I couldn't get my own kid bike loose. It, uh, was that, in pra- that must have been in practice then, wasn't it? No, that was the first uh, 50 GP. If I'm, if it's the video of me, is it my kid in the video? Yeah. You're okay. Right. So yeah, no, it's the first, first 50 GP moto. That was the only tire I couldn't get loose. So. But the other one this weekend, these kids, oh, my God, kids, pick your fucking bike up. Oh, yeah. Instead of letting it lay there for oh, yeah. 45 seconds so it's so flooded by the time my fat ass can get there and help <laughs> you, and then I'm just kicking and kicking and kicking, and it can't go, okay, now i got to let it wait. I'm leaning on its side. I'm, do- I'm doing all the tricks of the trade again, and the kids are going, he's freaking out. There's someone not there's, – there's six, six or seven I got to them – instant crying like fucking instantly and i'm like stop crying that ain't gonna help anything stop crying (laughs) so there you go boom i get it going i go look we're going get back in there he's been they come in they see me after thanks a lot for the help man and i'm like yeah like what's the crying gonna do don't cry like mom and dad aren't gonna be there for you right away give us a minute someone will help you 
Like, moms and dads out there, tell your kids, chill down. Crying ain't going to fix it, man. You're tough. You're riding a dirt bike already. We'll be, we'll, someone will be there to help you. We'll get you back going. Do you, uh, do you allowed, allow outside of, like, parents' help in all your 50 classes? or uh, all, all my 50s, I don't give a shit. Really? Okay. Like yeah. so how I say it in the seven eights or in the GPs or even in the four to six. Yeah. Once you get to the kid, if you see them or if it's like right beside you, like give them give them five, ten seconds. Yeah. See if they can do it. If they pick it up, if you see them struggling or if the bike's on top of them or anything. Yeah, but of course. Yeah. I I like when I talk to Riley, I'm like, hey dude, pick it up on your own. You gotta learn to do this on your own. Someone will help you if it's a big struggle. So your seven eights, because when you get to the national level, you ha- you can't have outside assistance. Yeah. At my track, I allow it, I allow it, but I also tell every parent I I do it before every moto. I tell all the parents, don't just like snap up and get them. Give yeah. them a second, let them see if they can do it on their own, and then help them. The four to sixes, you're allowed to help no matter what, even on national level. But um, I I definitely uh, I allow it, but I I say just like you know use some. Do, uh, discretion, like give, like give them encouragement before you just up and yeah. lift it and kick it, kind of thing. But yeah, actually, so that, that's a big, pro- it's a big problem out here that we're having. Well, then put your fucking foot down. You well, I did, what? I did on Saturday. Rules so so yeah, it? like we had, because I allow the parents to come out on the track during the fifty motos, right? Like, yeah, not on, not on the track, but to kind of walk around. Well, the new thing is now is everybody's got fucking e mountain bikes, like e bikes or. Surons, right? No, those aren't allowed on the track, man. Well, we let them kind of around the outskirts of it. They're not on the track, but um, so Saturday, yeah, it was because we had a lot of kids that moved up from four to six to seven to eight this year, um, and these parents were just going wild. I'm just like yelling, "You can't!" I mean, of course, if the bike is on top of them, or if they're hurt, or something, or they're in a dangerous situation, but uh, I mean, I get it as a parent. I mean, you want to help your kid, but at the same time, you're not teaching them anything because they'll just lay there and wait for you to come or wait no, for someone 100 yeah the other thing too so this weekend being how wet and sort of soft sand like you if you know it gets deep ruts right yeah. like the ruts were deep and they were long so the majority of the kids crashing were like going up jump faces yeah so you like i i know and you would know right away the poor kid is going to struggle in that moment uh-huh. trying to get it up and then get it up and then going up a jump face so as long as they pick it up and then you can start helping push them if it's running or you can help start it. Like a lot of times this weekend I would help. I'd say, Hey, run up to the top of the jump. I'll meet you up there. And I would push the bike up and then okay. they could start it kind of thing. Like, that. so again, the parents just need to, this is something you should do at your riders meeting, right? Just, you know, explain it guys, just give them a second, try to let them help. If you know, they're going to struggle, just, you know, use your discretion, but it can't be just like, Instantly, like sometimes parents are right there before the kid even hits the fucking ground. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I hey, it's a learning period with some of them, but there is a bit of a, you know, a little bit of an open concept with it at my races. But once you get to national time, that that rules out the window and you could hurt your son or daughter and yeah. they could they could, you know, get disqualified or lose positions for outside assistance. So yeah, yeah do your best as a parent to just kind of let them try and you know, five seconds, eight seconds go by and nothing's happening. But if they're just sitting there crying and whining about it, just stand and watch them. Teach your kid a lesson. Pick yeah. the damn bike up. <laughs> there you go. All right, that's uh, that's it for that. So, but yeah, a couple of good weekends. Pretty stoked to go going racing. Um, and um, like Ken, you said in our thing there, we got we got a couple of pros to talk about. I, I, on yeah. my end, I got to see a few, and I know Nuf, you got to see a a couple of kids. And I think actually one of the Twitter questions, I think one of the guys that you got to watch this weekend might be one that can be answered to it. I'll, I'll let you talk about some of the guys on your end of things that are going to be doing the series. 
Uh, yeah. So on our on our side of things, we had um, we had Park Reels there. We had Marcus Ducey, Tyler Yates, um, intermediate Blake Davies. So obviously, he rode pro am. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, this time last year we had Moffenbeyer was still out here in the West. And so the, it was, you know, we had him obviously to watch and, and whatnot, but you know, I was impressed with, uh, I was impressed with, with, um, Yates, Tyler Yates looked really good. Um, he won the first pro moto. We ran 25 minutes plus a lap moto. So legit motos, um, this weekend, and Yates looked good. He won the first moto uh, quite easily. And then, crazy enough, Blake Davies smoked everybody in the mud yesterday, like by a long ways, like 15-plus seconds, um, which was kind of, I guess, maybe a bit of a shock. I mean, he's still an intermediate kid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Ducey looked pretty good too. I thought Parker Eels might have been a little bit better. I know he hasn't been riding as much this year as last year maybe. I mean, he's busy working. Um, but yeah, definitely Ducey and, uh, and, and Yates were, they were legit. So I'm going to go to this Twitter question from our guy, Reed Lapine. He sent us some before stamp a rider in the MX two class that you see getting a top five, a rider that nobody is expecting to be there. Could Tyler Yates be that guy? Cause I, I mean, he got some top tens last year. I guess our MX two class is pretty stacked, mm-hmm. but maybe I, I felt like that was that name. When I read that, I'm like, that name kind of popped into my head. My other one would be Wyatt Kerr. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Yates is quite there. I mean, I'm just. No, going, I mean, no. I'm. If it was the same competition level as last year, because Yates was a, you know, he was dipping in there eights and nines and stuff last year quite a bit, um, at the odd round. I don't think he's quite there yet. I would lean more on the Wyatt Kerr side, to be honest with you. I looked at your results. I'm sure Kerr was probably on 350 this weekend, right? I, you know what? I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of assuming. I don't. I assume so because he did get some pretty good starts. Yeah. So I must, but I, I can't stamp that. I actually didn't. Yates, you know Yates was, was on a 350 this weekend. Okay, because he actually Kerr was parked right beside us with the priority uh, MX guys, and I, I never got a look or even asked. So I'm not too, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think. I mean, definitely top ten, like a consistent top ten guy for sure. Um, I just think with the competition level, that top five, that's a, I saw that Twitter question. That's a tough one to answer because of there's like eight legit guys, right? Well, yeah, well, yeah the, those tops, we have those four, right? The Harrison McNabb, Piccolo, um, and oh my God, I'm missing somebody. Natsuki. Natsuki. That was our four sort mm-hmm. of, we feel that the championship contenders, right? And then after that, you got your Bogles and Racines. And Amiot, Benoit. Oh, yeah, Benoit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to get that top five is going to be, yeah, wow. Um, (laughs) Holy shit, wow. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, right? So there's there's eight guys. That's eight guys that, you know, I think are still a bit of a, you know, step above a a Tyler Yates or a Ducey right now, right? So even Kerr, even Kerr, like, I mean, uh, Kerr this weekend, he was was fast, uh, but Piccolo was, you know, quite a step ahead. Yeah, um, even if he was on a 350, right? So yeah, um, that's a great question, Reed Lapine, and I, I think it's going to be an extreme surprise by the names we just said if we do see a, na- a rider outside of those names into that top five or even top seven. Yeah, and we're, we don't even know all the names. I, I feel like, and I, we've talked about this on previous pods, I feel like this is going to be the year where we start seeing some 
um, American guys coming in, yeah. like, guys that we don't know. Like, remember back in the day, we used to get like Ben Evans would pop in, and yeah, um, Tucker Hibbert would pop in. You know what I mean? At those those West Coast rounds, and like be a podium guy for two or three weekends, but they wouldn't do the whole series, right? So, um, I just for whatever reason, my guts tell me that we're going to get some guys like that. I mean, I hope we do for the sake of the series. Yeah, for sure. Um, for yeah, the most part, but uh, yeah, I mean, did. It, 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 if the competition level is the same as last year, I'd say Kerr would definitely be. I mean, he was, he hovered around that top five quite a yeah. bit last year for some yeah. photos, right? So, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, be interesting to see. Thanks again, Reed Lapine for Senna. Then here's another one. I'll just go into this because we're going to talk about this guy from a certain someone named Dylan Wright on Twitter. And I think we should probably know who this guy is. Um, and I actually <laughs> looked to see if it was a, like a thing, a, a picture here, of yeah. him and his lovely wife in yeah. there. So it, it's he doesn't uh, uh, he doesn't pay the ten ninety nine a month to be um, verified. Oh, oh verified <laughs> is that what? I, oh, I've been wondering about that. Ken would know about the verification thing. Is that what it is? Ten ninety nine. It's eight bucks American, so it'd probably be somewhere yeah. around there. We should uh, we should do our our Canadian unfiltered as um, verified, verified. Just so nobody thinks we're. We'll you do, you do get longer clips. We could put ten minute clips up on there if you did it. But. We'll check our budget, boys. All right, let's just relax here. <laughs> Uh, Dylan Wright, I, uh, in your opinion, how can a guy like myself grow the sport and the visibility to our series and our country on a local but also international level? And also, how did I look this weekend? And then he had like a tongue out, winky face emoji thing. I um, heard he didn't ride very good this weekend. I heard he didn't. Um, he looks out I will, of shape. I will, uh, I will beg to differ. Um, <laughs> but I like where you were going with that because we love to poke fun. Um, I got to hang out with him again. I was up in the shop. And in fact, just. I get, I, I've said this before, our Canadian champions over the last sort of bunch of years have been a bit moot and not, you know, super outgoing, maybe your clats and your fasciotis and stuff like that. And and uh, I really feel like Dylan is just a, he's such a personable guy. He talks with everybody. He's got a, a vast knowledge of not just dirt bikes. He's talking about so many different things. We were talking about he wanted to get his pilot's license uh, um, over the weekend. But I just just a, a great champion in his own right at, and uh, he looked great this weekend. I mean, again, the, the competition wasn't stacked. Piccolo was fast. He looked really, really good. Um, and in the first moto, they were, like, basically matching lap times. Um, and Dylan Wright was ahead of him, but um, obviously on a 450, Piccolo on his 250. Yeah. But certainly going fast. Man, Piccolo looked really fast. But, oh, my God, does he ever move on that bike. Like, his body is not still. No. Like, it, it literally looks like, you know, like, you know, the guys that have the bump in the seat so they can stay in the front of the bike. Like it's, it, he's got one, but it's like a fucking shocker and it just shocks him <laughs> and again, he gets zapped and his butt's out this way. And then it's fucking shocked and it goes out this way, but he's just moving and scrubbing and dancing. But I honestly think he, he looks just a little bit, maybe even just a little bit smoother too. Like the track was rough, but he looks smooth. Um, uh, and then he had a huge get off in the last moto, uh, right at the very back of the track um, and kind of banged his arm up. I think everything's going to be all right. They got a big test week at Gopher Dunes this week. Um, so I think he'll be all right. But back to Dylan, I'd say he's on par, on point. He looks great. Uh, his knees, he said his knees feel good. His body feels good. Um, and uh, he, he's, uh, he's, he's on, t he's going to be, he's on schedule heading into to round one here in just over a month that, uh, that he'll be, he'll be the guy to beat. No doubt. No, like no matter, no doubt about anything as far as what I saw. I saw him doing this section. Now, if you know when you go, like where you saw me doing the tire thing, it would be past the, past where the finish line was last year, the pro level. You turn left, there's like a table, table. 
Mm-hmm. And then the sweeping right, and then it was like that single and up, and then land, and then into the big, huge face big table. table yeah. Dude, there was like a huge hole there. On the first lap, he jumps, he's leading, jumps, lands on the hole. Well, the next lap, I don't know if he just finds the corner better or whatever. He just fucking jumps the hole. And oh, it's really? probably 80 feet. It's got to be It's got to be 60 to 70, maybe 80 feet. And I just watched it. And it's just like an old school sand thing of just like going over three huge roller. It was just so cool to see him yeah, doing it. He's cool. like stretching it out. And, and he was going for it. Like it wasn't like, hey, it's a local race. Let's chill. He was really sending it and pushing it out there. Um, I, it was just, it was cool to see from a guy of my perspective, seeing, I love that kind of shit. And like a guy Cooper just launching his fucking bike into the atmosphere. And, uh, it was cool to see, um, Chris Blackmere showed up. Um, it was kind of weird. He showed up raced on a 300 two stroke and a borrow 300 two stroke. Kind of neat to see, yeah. um, Wyatt Kerr, Nate Mason and Grant Hoffman, who are going to be riding for, um, the CCR team, uh, Canadian custom racing, uh, Nate Mason came out and did Walton last year. He's going to ride uh, some of the series. They're only going to do about four rounds, but it's cool to have those guys on the gate. Um, Freaking uh, um, Sam Gaynor uh, on a 450. He's kind of back. He might be going west now. Um, got a little bit of information. Kind of a weird situation there. He was kind of out having some health issues. He's feeling a lot better, so he might be going out west. Um, and then Tyler Gibbs, knew if we kind of talked a little off air before this, not a great showing. Yes, local race, not a lot matters. But, man, you know, for someone that has been down south and training, and I expected a little bit more, he was really off the pace of Piccolo. You said you looked at the lap times, and it was it was 10 seconds a lap. Um, so not a great showing for him. But, I mean, I guess, you know, not not a lot matters. This isn't what matters on the uh, on the races here. So I guess we'll see what happens come Edmonton time. But um, just good to see the guys, and it was just good to be back in the track. And like I said, Dylan – Fuck, he looks good. Uh, again, not, the competition's not super stiff, but he looks good big time. So read read Dylan's um, question again, his Twitter question. That's it was – We got oh, sidetracked. Oh, it was uh, the actual <laughs> question. In, my, in, in your opinion, how can a guy like myself grow the sport and the visibility to our series in a country on a local but also international level? Um, go ahead, dude. Think, oh, I think that's easy, and I'll let both you guys charm in on this. I think that's easy. I think he needs to keep doing what he's doing. Obviously, I think it's great that he's doing some local races. I think that it was great that he is willing to branch out of Canada and do some international races, right? He's done he's done uh, European Supercrosses before, obviously the GP opportunity. Hopefully this summer his body stays together and we get to see him do some U.S. nationals. I think anywhere that he can race and the more that he races will help grow our Canadian series to showcase how great that he is to, to be like, Hey man, like we're legit up here. Right. So, um, I think by him being at the local races helps the local scene. I mean, how, how awesome is it to have the Canadian champion, arguably one of the best riders to ever come out of our country, um, be at the local race, riding with the locals that are there supporting your series um, go down and do some U.S. Nationals, hopefully at the end of the year or throughout the season, depending on how that goes. And then European Supercrosses again, maybe the Canadian World Supercross. Like anything he can do outside of the nine Canadian Nationals or eight Canadian Nationals, whatever there is, is going to help grow our series, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Ken. I'll let you give your two cents before I got it. Mine's nice and short. So. Well, so is mine, and it's basically the same thing Noof just said. <clears throat> I saw that tweet come in, and I just wrote down some notes, and it was basically race lots. So, yeah, go out there and do all the races you can outside of the series. Uh, keep doing good. Obviously, he's fast, and he wins a lot of races. 
and then just be himself. That's kind of the three things. And just like Newf said, keep doing what you're doing. I, uh, I think that uh, Newf could agree with me that the biggest time in our sport was 99 to about 2006, 2007. Um, huge teams, huge budgets, huge eyes, huge eyes on the series. And I want to say that I think J- what JSR and Darcy Lance did by venturing outside of our country and taking chances, spending yeah. money on themselves, Darcy and Arena Cross, obviously then he got lots of rides and that kind of stuff. But And then JSR was doing super crosses, doing outdoor nationals, um, you know, not a ton of international stuff, but, and Dylan's got that foot in that door already. Yeah. So I'd say you look at that and like you said, just keep doing what he's doing. Uh, he's 25 uh, now, 26, I think. Um, and uh, he's got lots of time, but I'd say that's the best thing. And just, he's already very personal. He allows the kids to come and meet him. He shakes hands, he kisses babies, he signs autographs, all that stuff is imp- simple. So I think he's right on the right track of doing it. It's just going to, uh, take a little more on his side to venture outside of the country and probably a little bit of money out of his pocket to do so. And, you know, but go to the sponsors and say, this is my plan. I'm willing to do the work to do it. I want your help. I will toss in a little bit. Let's all match up together and I will push these products and go here to showcase our talents on a Canadian level outside of it. And I think the GP thing is the best uh, answer in my opinion to go over there and do that again for sure. It's also, it's also cool that he even asked that question. Like he, he could like, he could be, <laughs> there's other people that could be in his position that would just don't give a fuck about any of this and be like, I'm here to collect a paycheck. I race when I, when, when I'm contracted race and uh, the rest of the time I'm just chilling out. Right. So I think it's cool that he's even thinking about these types of things to how can we grow the sport to make what we all love bigger and better and, and to continue it on for the generations to come. Uh, I might as well go right into the next Twitter one here. We'll talk about that GDR thing kind of towards the end. We're kind of getting shorter on time today. Why? Uh, this is from Eric Kyrieers. As I never know how to say is that same. Um, I'm going to call him Eric Crackers. Uh, why is rider pay so poorly spread out in Canada? Take Dylan last year, probably 150K plus, three to four spots down, and it's guys spending money to race the same series. In the USA, Tomac makes an elite living, Fifth place makes a fantastic living, 10th and a good living, and 15th an average living. Next tweet. In Canada, do we overvalue the top guys but undervalue the guys a tick off? Pay is relative to series and eyes on it usually. So if fifth is $0, then winning isn't 150,000 times that. Tomac is fifth in the points and maybe two times, three times the pay, depending on the rider. Not 150,000 times. We need the field. Okay, so... Why don't manufacturers spread the budgets to private teams like in the USA or anywhere else? I get budgets are small, so distribute distribute ugh, so distribute them accordingly, not all eggs in one basket. I'm going to answer this one simple. Our country is not big enough. Yeah. That is it. There are not enough dirt bikes sold. There are not enough people doing the sport. There are not enough people buying dirt bikes. There are more people in California than our entire country of Canada. So the reason why Dylan gets paid so much is his sponsors believe in the product, and they went over and above this year. And I've said it on the show before, and it's not that he doesn't deserve it, and it's not that the the pay shouldn't be there, but he is getting paid way too much for what the market is in our sport of Canada. The, the, The maximum money in our sport, in my opinion, should be a a standard year salary of fifty, sixty thousand dollars plus the bonus structure of the races. It has it should be going on market value of bikes sold per per person, racing in, in each province, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then as far as spreading it out, um, I agree hundred percent it should be spread out. But 
the biggest one of the biggest problems, and I'll send it to New Fat for this, is that Dylan, his value is that much far above the next guy. Yes, T Dags is amazing. Jess Pettis is amazing. Sean Moffenbeier is amazing, but they have not even come close done what Dylan Wright has done since he's been on the 450 class. Uh, and their t- Tyler, for instance, has kind of just spurted back on last year. Jess Pettis, unfortunately, has been very injured. Sean Moff has been a podium guy, but you know, not a consistent enough guy to throw money at. But they're all putting in the same workload, so it's hard to look at it that way. And it's it's really is a shame, and there really is no perfect answer to it. And it's not going to get unionized where we put it all money in a pocket. It comes down to what the sponsor feels they want to pay. And Honda this year went to bat and, and wanted to keep Dylan and he deserves it all day long. In my opinion, I think it's way too much for our sport. Again, it's not that he doesn't deserve it. He's amazing, talented athlete. Our, our sport should carry the money. But in the States, Eric, you're a little bit off. Um, Tomac, yes. Webb, yes. Roxon, yes. But the guys in 10th and stuff like that making a yearly living, yes. But the guys after that, like our Starlings and your Moranzas and these guys, yeah, they're not really making a living. They're paying to get by, but it's not like they're putting money in the bank for down the road and, and they've got equity and they may be buying homes and stuff like that. Like where, you know, Tomac has got assets and, and stuff like that. I, it, it's as big a gap there as it is a big, big a gap here. But the simple answer is our population just is not big enough with eyes on our sport. I don't know if you have anything to add to that news. No, I agree. I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. And I mean, it's, I, I, I don't disagree with, yeah, it's a shame when, you know, our guys, especially five through 10, you know, I'll use, you know, the Elmores and the, you know, the Keelan Mestins and the guys like that, that, you know, are legit riders, but we're, we lose them after a short period of time because it's time to get back to the real world. Right. So it's not that, you know, yeah, they don't deserve to get what Dylan's, you know, getting paid because they, they haven't accomplished what he's done, but it's almost like the, there's no there's no hope at the end of the tunnel for these for these guys because they know they're not going to make it. So it's like, well, fuck, that was fun while it lasted, but we got to go back to the real world. That's why we see such a different, you know, eight through twelve each year because we lose some guys because they either quit or they take a step back, and then new guys come in. So you know, in a perfect world, it'd be great to see see that back but like you said we're just not selling the motorcycles that uh, that the rest of the world is and it all boils down to to rel- like what's relevant right america's so- not selling the dirt bikes that the money is catering to the salaries yeah that's where the red bulls and the the monsters <laughs> and the the outside sponsors like um ken you might remember that what is what was the sponsor that gave moran's five grand for a whole shot I can't like we, remember. It was yeah, tank, it was a little master. company, I think. I don't think it yeah, was like a major brand. Yeah. Okay. So like things like that. Like we maybe it's on the rider to help. and again, you know, we could come back and maybe give a bit of a, a smack to the series. Like we gotta do a better job of promoting the series mm-hmm. so it makes it easier for these guys to get an outside sponsor. Like, you know, since two thousand and eight till twenty 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 or twenty nineteen, uh, we had an energy drink sponsor. Right, we were just like the states. We were getting, you know, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars out of this company. That's fucking gone. And is that because of the series, the relationships, just the changing of the way the model? Like, where's why doesn't Monster believe in our product? Why doesn't you know Red Bull sponsors the KTM team, which is awesome. To what degree, I don't know. Um, you know, Monster, where Rockstar is still around. I know the whole Pepsi thing made a big change, and they didn't see value in it. 
is uh, BioSeal. They're a Canadian company. Well, you know, maybe we should be chasing them one. down and banging yeah. on their doors. Yeah. And I, I, again, we can't speak for the thing. Of course, we know everybody. Our industry is a lot smaller. Are they banging on the doors to try to get this stuff? Or the people, they have banged on the door, and they're saying no. I don't know. Yeah. We have a decent product, man. We've got a good television show. We've got a national series at a lot of great facilities. We have a fan base. We have uh, a great racing package. We have great racers. Look at this MX2 class, man. Other than Bogle and Harrison and Natsuki, we were talking about uh, there's eight other guys, nine other guys that are quality Canadian racers that are going to bang bars with those guys. Mm-hmm. And those guys are our future right now. So maybe... You know, maybe that's where Dylan could come in. Maybe he can help elevate the sport through that, through these kids, and we can all work together to find a way to get eyes on our sport through him. I, I don't know. I, I'm talking out of my ass now, but um, but anyway, like there's, we have a lot of good here. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes if uh, you know, and, and I'll, uh, I'm a I'm a fucking drunk idiot on the sport. Like I try, I I concentrate on over uh over deliver under promise or under promise over deliver whatever that saying goes maybe sometimes at the national level it isn't like that because it's a lot tougher i've never been in that seat i'm doing it at the local level and i you know what i mean and, and i garner some really good sponsorship dollars but um it's just it's tough man our sport it's so attracted to the ones that love it but the ones that don't know much about it it's very hard to get them attracted to it yeah well and going right? back to the half of his question was comparing well canadian moto to Supercross, but even if you just compare you American Moto to Supercross, you can't do it. It's apples to oranges. Supercross is an impossible. international product, right? That you have you have companies that will invest in that because they get a lot wider reach across multiple countries. So that you can't compare that at all. But even just comparing it to American Motocross, then it just comes down to population, right? That's a great question, though, Eric Crackers, because I can never say your name. You know, say it, Nuf? Carrie no, Lee. I don't. I don't. Fuck, that's a tough one. Kaya Riazis. There's probably a silent <laughs> fucking letter in there somewhere. <laughs> Eric Crackers, thanks, buddy, and I appreciate your following. He's always tweeting at us, and he's a good guy. To, he's this, he's got a lot of knowledge on this stuff here, and he's always got good questions. So we appreciate that question for that, and that kind of wraps up the Twitter ones. Um, I had a question through Instagram, Matt Young. Um, this is something we could maybe do a show on before we get into the series. He's like, he basically says it's very hard to find information going into the pro series, and he's like, maybe you could do stuff on what you guys think we should need. He's an intermediate rider getting ready to, to go do the intermediate class or well, pro-am at the nationals this year. And he's like, you know, do I need a mechanic? Do I have to get a mechanics pass? Do I have to sign up here? Where do I do that? Like, there's not really a 411 of info out there for that. His main question actually was, can I run yellow plates at the national? Because I see intermediate riders running um, white on black. And the reason is at the national series, they want you to run white on black now. So it's good for television. It looks the same on television. So you can run your yellow plates, which is fine, but they and you, but they will allow you to run your white on black on national day um, for the if your number obviously does, you might have to change your number if you got an intermediate number that's the same as a pro number or a guy that's got a pro number. Um, but uh, they do that so you it looks the same on television, so it's kind of the same when they're panning the line and and all that kind of stuff. So um, new, if I mean go to a national like uh, it's pretty overwhelming if you don't really know what's going on, and especially if you can't find information. It's even more overwhelming for said mom or dad or even the racer. Yeah, usually when anybody asks me for info, I just send them to you. So uh, <laughs> that's Fuck, usually, okay. usually the, yeah, because it is confusing. Like, a, is the pro license different than the our amateur MRC? I, I, it is. There is some confusion out there for sure. 
Yeah. Um, and then same as the credentials and the all this all this stuff. So yeah, it is a little bit confusing. I'm sure it's not confusing for the higher ups because they probably think that they have it out there, which they probably do somewhere. But well, uh, there is a there is a pro package if you go on to Triple Crown. Uh, triplecrownseries.ca, I believe it is. I'm just going to type this triple crown series. Um, and it is, yes, triple, triple crown series.ca. Uh, rider serve under the rider services, there's online registration, the rider crew, and it has all the information there. Yeah, it's actually the pro package. Actually, go on to that triplecrownseries.ca backslash rider hyphen services. It's all here the rule book, online registration, the pro package, crew credentials, number plate, and logos. So uh, go there uh, to do that. That'd be your best thing. But um, basically, get out your wallet. You're going racing, and you're going to love it <laughs> sort of thing. Um, and the last thing, Noof, uh, before we kind of end this off, i got to get my kids the ball hockey here soon. Um, I was told that you didn't know this information. So <laughs> appara- apparently, you knew this information for many, many weeks. I thought I had something up my sleeve, but apparently not. Um, Hayden Halstead, former professional racer, is now going to become, uh, which his regular job is, truck driving. He is going to be the GDR Honda truck driver and the mechanic for Jacob Piccolo um, under the tent with said Noof and the team over there. Noof, I, I, I really like this. Other than that's a lot on one man's plate because you got to think Piccolo is going to be a championship contender. Um, yeah. Right? So, but I like it. He's a racer. He's got the mindset. He kind of knows what's going on. He was there this weekend helping Jacob. I, I like the little connection there. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, this is what's great about Canada. We can kind of reach outside the box a little bit and, um, and make these things happen. Right. I mean, it, I guess it's kind of similar. Obviously I didn't drive the truck, but when I was Ryder McNabb's guy, right. I mean that one year championship contender and I was shitting my pants, but the cool thing is, is that, well, I guess you say there's a lot on one man's plate, which is true, but that's where myself kind of jumps in. Colton can jump in. You know what I mean? We can. We well, he's got to cook. Up. He's got to cook your fancy meals in between things, and the oh, hey, that steak's a little over. Can you? Can yeah, you but yeah, little, yeah. Can you put gas in Jake's bike? Before yeah, the <laughs> the Harney's cooking us chicken, right? Yeah, all right, all right. But, um, <laughs> No, I mean, well, you you know Diggs as well as I do. He likes to cook, and he likes to do up a big spread. So the rounds that he's at, he'll be doing that. But uh, I think it's a good fit. Diggs and I talked about it lots. And, um, I mean, obviously killing two birds with one stone. Truck drivers these days are not easy to find, especially, like, for that type of gig. It's, uh, you know, it's a bit of a unique situation. But uh, I think it's going to work out good. I like Hayden. Um, I hope he's good at putting up that fucking awning because I'm getting a little burnt out of doing that every weekend. So <laughs> he can jump in there. But, uh, yeah, I think it would be cool. I think it would be neat. And uh, his mechanical skills are good. So um, why not? X-Racer that had some success to, to kind of mentor the young buck coming up. Um, I would arguably say that they're – they were two, not that Hayden was ever at the level that Jake was, but Hayden was had some good results in his yeah. day, but completely different uh, riders. I guess you would say Hayden was always the, I guess, slower, steady type, and Jake is the erratic uh, balls-to-the-walls guy, right? So, but uh, I think we'll it'll see, be a good bet. We'll, we'll see how, yeah, we'll see how that meets in the middle there. Um, Noof, what's going on at Matrix Concepts? We did give them some love there. Yeah, Matrix Concepts Canada sitting here right now in my office, as Galdi would say, just a cushy job around here. (laughs) (laughs) 
YouTube uh, 2000 motocross round six red butt up on the screen as we're like talking. He doesn't, he doesn't even fucking watch the Canadian nationals, Ken. Like, he's serious. You know, he's just that guy. Yeah. Just the, like, announcers, just that guy. the announcers drive me fucking nuts on the Canadian stuff. <laughs> um, no, so, uh, yeah, Matrix Concepts Canada, uh, all new, just landed in our warehouse uh, on Friday, which you guys probably would have saw the – PR stuff out, uh, Renthal yeah. LE yeah. hard edition lineup. That uh, stuff looks good. Looks it cool, does man. look really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, introducing the ultimate combination of style performance, the Renthal LE hard anodized handlebars, rear chain wheels, um, fat bar twin wall in seven, eight plus five different ultralight rear chain wheel fitments. Um, so it is a limited run. Once it's gone, it's gone. They did a very, Similar thing back uh, this time last year with the purple run, if you guys remember that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been going good. We actually uh, had uh, Cobbequid team reached out to me. Alex Parker over there said he wants some of that stuff, so I got him hooked up with an order with that today. Nice. And, um, but, yeah, once it's gone, it's gone. So um, it's kind of neat that Renthal's kind of doing these little special runs. And this hard anodized stuff, honestly, the pitcher's – don't do it justice with how good it looks like the sprockets are really, really cool. So, um, yeah, in stock now. So get that, uh, get that going. And other than that, that's about it. Nice. Kenny, uh, did we miss anything, buddy? I think we labeled, uh, all the stuff we were going to talk about there. Uh, other than maybe you could do five minutes just on Edmonton on what's, what's going oh, on. Oh yeah, there. that's right. Uh, so yeah, I cut, I don't know if you've heard this move or not, but so anyway, the manager's meeting has been going on, going on and they've been a little bit quiet Guys not really into listening to it or going to them or, or have made, you know, that make the time for them. Um, and then I was talking to uh, one of the managers this weekend. Uh, there was about four of them at my race, so I don't need to say which one it was, but and not that there was anything bad said, but there was kind of talk of like the Edmonton round one is going to count towards Supercross and towards Motocross. And then the, the point came up of like, well, if that's the case, then can a guy ride a 250F in the 450 class? Because in Supercross, you can do that. Right. Yeah. So anyway, it just, it got a bit of a confusing, I got a bit of a confused look going on. So I guess there's still some work to be done uh, with only 40 days out <laughs> from round number one here, boys. So uh, that's kind of what I can got from all that. I'll do some digging here on the, on that conversation in the, the coming couple of weeks, but um, it wasn't that, my... that could be potential like that, that potentially could affect their super cross point standing thing. Right. Because like guys ride both classes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So it. Yeah. I'm not too sure how that's gonna how that's gonna play. So the, I wonder if it's like one of those deals where it's like they never maybe possibly thought about that before, <laughs> beforehand, or I don't know. That, that, well, you got to think that's exactly what that was because it sound that would be something that would just kind of slip by if you weren't really remembering sure. what yeah. can ride. So um, could be make some interesting conversation. But again, 40 days today, boys. 40 days uh, is the Saturday actually. So I guess it's or is it. Is it Saturday? Saturday. Is that a, it is Saturday. Saturday at Edmonton, right? Yes, it is yeah. Saturday. Yeah, so 40 days till round one. So uh, excitement is in the air. We're going racing on Ontario. We're going racing in BC. Uh, we got some great sponsors here. Big shout out to Callus Moto for jumping on board. Thanks so much. Visit callusmoto.com. Ken will be our model here soon, <laughs> uh, donning that stuff. So we'll get some fancy photos of so, him and his so kids. Hold on. kids. So yeah. when Ken comes to the races, are we going to make him wear the gear? like around Yes. The- yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got to wear his, and we're getting his Sign name. Some put autographs, on it. He'll wear the jersey yeah. backwards. <laughs> yeah. Jersey and, backwards. Yeah, like and, Leech. <laughs> yeah. 
Big shout out to uh, Husqvarna Canada, Gas Gas Canada, and um, the new boat motor that Newf uh, showed this weekend under the KTM in that pond. So thanks to KTM Water Products out there for everybody, as well as as dirt bikes. Uh, Bristol Coachworks, big thanks to Bannon and the crew over there. Um, you guys are amazing. Hit them up, Bristol Coachworks on YouTube and Instagram. They can do, basically do anything uh, inside of vans or trailers, all kinds of good stuff. And then Race Tech, um, that picture does not sell Race Tech very well for Newf, but no. everything else. That race tech does is amazing and they can get you set up. And of course, an unbelievable amount of people use race tech. And if you are a, fo- a fan of Pulp MX, which you probably are, if you listen to us um, recently, we've learned, and I think you guys probably heard it. Some team in the pits is using race tech motors. Uh, I know we're not really promoting those up here, but some race tech motors are getting used in the States uh, on one of the factory teams. So race tech knows their shit. So uh, hit up Charlie Johnson racing there, Alberta or any race tech suspension area um, or shop out there. If you want to find some, hit us up at uh, our uh, Instagram, DM us or Twitter, however you want to get a hold of us. And um, Ken, how many yes, no's in this show do you think you heard? <laughs> I wasn't really I was at, listening I got five. It. I've did got you? five. Yeah. yeah, I did I check marks. Yeah, I'm going to start checking. Yeah. Yeah, check checking. marks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was for you, Nuffy. Love you, bud. Whatever. all right boys great show thank you to all your supporters thanks for the listeners ken thanks for putting this one together i know it was tough on your end and uh cheers boys uh send the links and uh thanks everybody for tuning in kenny buddy uh you you're gonna be a model here soon buddy it's gonna be amazing yeah i'm looking forward to it people for people that don't know i'm six five so we'll see how the gear fits (laughs) you're six five yeah yeah. Oh, you oh yeah, Galdi. You haven't met Ken yet. I only have, I've only seen his mug on his social media here. So uh, six six five. He sounds like he's about four two. So uh, no. all right. No. You're gonna go. be seeing. You're gonna be seeing him soon though. Yeah, knuckle dragging through the pits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not far my off plan there. Is, my plan is Calgary. I'll be doing the TV for Edmonton by the sounds of things. Oh yeah. And then I think I'm gonna be coming to Calgary. Is my yep, is I'll my tentative plan right now. So are, we, getting... are you not seeing him before then though? I thought. We're oh like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, I talked oh, to. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that should be coming. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what is it? May 9th? May 8th? May 8th or 9th? My yeah. birthday. My birthday. I expect uh, presents from both of you guys. Oh. I think that's uh, something good for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, no, that the, the Honda Media Day. Yeah, we're getting yep. that sorted out. Ken, you are coming in for that. So, yeah, sweet. Look forward to it. We'll, we'll get her dialed, boys. Well, another great one, boys. Good. Again, no information out there, and we fucking deliver. That's what Canadian Motocross <laughs> Unfiltered Podcast does. And, boys, I'll let it go. We might have another sponsor for the next show. Awesome. Cheers, boys. Okay. Yeah. See you guys later. Later. Later.